Hi, I'm David Ireland, the Wildlife Man. Welcome to another Wildlife Man podcast. Now this is episode number three. And this story is titled, My Sixth Sense. And I think you'll find this very interesting. Now when I was around 15, 16 years of age, I'd already been spearfishing for a number of years and I was getting quite good at it. I could free dive over 60 feet, maybe 70 feet and hold my breath for two or even three minutes. By the time I was 18, 19, I could hold my breath for over four minutes and exceed well over 100 feet depths with one single breath. When I left school, we were really, really poor. We had very little money. My father had died and I got jobs in factories. And I was only earning around 13 pounds a week, which is about $30 a week. And I hated it. I soon found I could earn far more money by spearing fish and selling the fish that I speared. So that became my career. But back when I was 15, 16, I wasn't full-time as a professional spear fisherman. So I used to travel from Taramara where we lived. I'd get the train all the way into the city and then get on a double-decker bus. And that bus would take me out to Newport Beach, one of the northern beaches of, of Sydney. Interesting, Newport Beach was a fantastic place to go spearfishing because on the southern headland there's a reef that runs out approximately half a kilometre to a small rocky island which is covered mostly in oysters and it was very good, very good spearfishing. That shallow reef was often quite rough because if you got a southerly or nor'east wind the waves would bash up together on that shallow reef. And the island itself was not easy to get on, onto because it was covered in those oysters and quite steep at the front. I used to have uh, an inner tube of a car tyre with a net hanging under and I'd have a rope attached to that and I would tow that out to the island to go spearfishing. Back in those days we didn't have the latest spearfishing gear. We had really basic stuff. Just a wetsuit top, no sleeves. A weight belt was an old army belt. We used to hammer lead weights around, wrap the lead around and strap it on. Not a very good weight belt because it didn't have a quick release if you wanted to drop it. And we used to make our own spear guns. In fact, I have one here. This is one I've been doing up. It's one of the original spear guns. We used to hand carve it to take the spear gun rubber. And the trigger mechanism back in the old days, I used to take a screwdriver and when I got on that double-decker bus, I'd take the lock off the window and I would steal that lock and that became the trigger mechanism. So we used to make our own guns. Pretty basic gear. The old round barley fa face mask and it was uh, not very efficient what we used. But I'd swim out to that island and on the northern side I would get snapper and red mowong 
and I'd swim around the front, <coughs> which was quite deep, and that's where we'd go after kingfish. Fantastic spearfishing spot back in those days. And this particular day, I arrived at Newport. I walked up to the southern end. And I'm looking out at the rocky reef, and it was not the best weather. Very light rain, a bit of a southerly wind blowing, and I had a really bad feeling that something was going to go wrong. I call it my sixth sense. I believe everyone has it. But back at that young age, I didn't listen to it. As I got older, I believe that's what's kept me alive all these years, working with so many dangerous animals. A sixth sense, a feeling that something's wrong and you should do something about it. Change your plans. To give you an idea, not that long ago when I was in Africa, I walked out away from the filming truck in waist-high grass towards wildebeest, and I'm filming them, and I've got a radio mic on me. And all of a sudden, I had a really bad feeling, danger. So I just walked straight back to the truck. And my cameraman was quite annoyed at me. He said, Dave, we're getting great footage. What are you doing? What'd you come back for? And I said, a really bad feeling. I'm sorry, mate. I'm out. I'm not doing it. Not right now. We've got to, we've got to move. So, okay. So we moved the truck around this scrub. And we came around this sort of a little rocky area. And there's a pride alliance coming. They would have walked straight on to me. So I've learnt over the years to really listen to that sixth sense. But back at 15, 16, I would ignore it. And that was a major problem that day because it eventuates a really horrible day, a very dangerous day, and I could easily have died. Anyway, I go in and I'm swimming out on the northern side of the reef towards that rocky island. I get out near the island and I'm on the left-hand side, the northern side, it's fairly shallow, and I'm getting a few red mole, and I put them in the bag. And it's starting to get really dark. The clouds are getting more threatening, the wind's starting to pick up. But I've swum all that way out there, I'm not gonna stop. So I swim around the front of the island where it drops down quite deep. I'm after kingfish. And I often got big kingfish there, and they were worth good money. Sometimes I'd even get a jewfish, which was worth quite a lot of money. And I shot a couple of kingies and put them in the net. I'm now drifting around the southern point of that island, and I'm picking up the current. The current is running from the north, and it's running south, and it's getting a bit strong. It's a bit dangerous because if I go too far south, I could get right into that current and it can take me out to sea. So I'm trying to stay fairly close to the island, but I'm fighting the current. But I thought I'll try and get one or two more kingfish. And then something happened. I shot one more kingfish, I'm putting it in the net, and I just had a feeling you know, you feel something's behind you. We all get that feeling, you turn around and there is. Women are very good at that. 
If a bloke walks up behind them, they'll turn around. I don't know how they know it. That's their sixth sense. They're very clever at it. I turn around and on the surface there's a head. It's this size. I've never seen a creature like it before. It's got sort of spots on it. It's covered in fur, big eyes, canine teeth like this, and it's only maybe two metres from me. It really frightened me. It was a leopard seal. These are second only to the killer whale in Antarctic waters as a major, major predator. They kill seals for a living and penguins. And this animal didn't want the kingfish in my net. It wanted me. And in my black wetsuit, and only 15, a little skinny little kid, I guess that leopard seal thought that I was just good tucker. And just looking at its face, its head so close to me. And then it went underwater, and I tried to get the gun between me and the leopard seal, but it's so fast, it swims so quick, they can swim like 20, 30 kilometres an hour, just ducking around and weaving and then going deep and then coming back up. I'm trying to keep the gun between me and this enormous animal. They grow like three, three and a half metres long. They can weigh four, five hundred kilos. You've got to see something like this to believe it. This was such a major, major predator and it wanted to kill me. And my thoughts were, I'm going to shoot it right smack in the head. That's the only thing I could think. I've got to defend myself. But I couldn't swing the gun quick enough the way it moved. It'd come from behind. I'm trying to get the gun here and then there. I didn't want to shoot in the body. I wanted to get it right smack in the head if I could. But I had a pranger, multi-pronged, which is the worst sort of head to try and kill an animal like that. You really need a speed spear or a straight spearhead. And this went on for probably two minutes, which felt like an hour, where it would disappear and then it would come again and I'd, I'd try and get the gun between me and the, the animal. And a few times I actually poked it a few times. And I just wanted to get out of the water and that current was starting to pull me out to sea. Now what a leopard seal does, it's similar to a crocodile. They'll grab their prey and take it down and drown it. And that happened to Christy Brown, a scientist in Antarctica, a number of years ago. A leopard seal came up and grabbed her when she was snorkeling and took her down and drowned her. They will do that. And this animal wanted to do that with me. I wanted to get out onto the island, but where I was faced was just a sheer rock wall that went up maybe 10, 12 feet. No way of getting up. But just round the corner a little bit, I knew there was a gutter, an inlet where I could get up on the island. But by now the seas picked up more and more and the waves are bashing against the island with a southerly, southerly wind, bringing up the chop and it's getting darker. And that sea, that leopard seal just keeps coming at me again and again. So I started to swim into the inlet. The water was quite clear. And I turned around, where is it? I couldn't see the, 
the leopard seal and I looked at the inlet and I could see so many blue bottles. The surface was just covered in these Portuguese man of war, which are a type of stinging sea jelly. And they're quite lethal. And I'm allergic to them. Being stung by one can really have a bad reaction for me. Some people die from a bee sting. Blue bottles or Portuguese man of war can kill me. They're really, really potent. They've got long trailing tentacles and then are loaded with nematocyst stingers that can deliver shocking venom. I didn't care. I just wanted to get out of the water as quickly as I could with that, that leopard seal wanting me. So I swam in there and I crawled up onto the oysters, cutting the inside of my arms, my hand, and I just scrambled over the oysters. And I looked back and that leopard seal was just looking at me from the surface. They're happy to slide up onto an iceberg or an ice sheet, but not real keen on getting up on, on rocks covered in oysters, thank God for me. But I'd been stung so many times. The tentacles of Portuguese man of war blue bottles wrapped around my neck and my face and my arms and my legs. They're just a blue line. The nematocyst firing off venom. So much venom. And it wasn't long before I was having problems with balance. I was hallucinating. I wasn't quite sure where I was. I was vomiting. And I don't remember much about being on that rocky island. I must have been semi-conscious for maybe an hour because I was very badly sunburnt. My tongue had swollen up. I sort of came to and I looked back and that's, that leopard seal was still there watching. So I wanted to get across the island to the northern side and jump in and swim ashore. <clears throat> and hoping that that leopard seal wouldn't come all the way around. So I sort of staggered across the island and I fell a few times on the oysters, badly cutting my knees, getting oyster particles and part of their shells embedded in my knees and I flopped into the water on the northern side. A few times I was so, so buggered, so, so much having so much trouble concentrating and hallucinating. And at one stage I realised I was actually swimming out to sea and not swimming towards the coast. Somehow I got to the beach. I don't remember much about that except some guy carrying me and I ended up in Manly Hospital. I woke up the next day. <clears throat> I was very, very sick. I was covered in in welts and lumps and some sort of cream they'd put on me. I was on oxygen. I was still vomiting. I was on a drip because I was dehydrating. Shocking headache, feeling so sick. And that lasted for a few days. <clears throat> I feel sick thinking about it. But it was my fault. But it did teach me 
a huge lesson. And that is when you get, <clears throat> excuse me, when you get that bad feeling that something's wrong, it's, there's danger there, to listen to it and change your plans. That, that incredible encounter with that, that leopard seal and being stung by the blue bottles and nearly drowning and nearly dying in hospital, that whole, that whole horrible time actually set me up to be a successful wildlife film producer because it seriously taught me that we do have a sixth sense and we must listen to it. And I have listened to it again and again and it has saved my life so many times. So it's something that you guys should think about too. You all feel it sometimes. My advice is listen to it. Now guys, if you like my stories, my podcasts, please subscribe, share and like. And ring that little bell because then you'll get notification every time there's a new story. Now next week is an interesting one as well. It's about how my dog got washed overboard during a storm from my dive boat. And what happens next is just amazing. So tune in next time, guys.